Weren't you God that, glad that God is greater? And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? He's right inside of you. There's nothing that the enemy can do to you that you don't allow him. He, he's, I mean, he's gonna, he tries to take us out. His job is to come to steal and kill and to destroy. We know that. It's not a mystery. But God said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the abundant. I, and, and you know what? Abundant life is a good thing. Hallelujah. He wants to meet all our needs. Spirit, soul, and body. Wow, that was pretty, pretty timid. You guys are all fired up in there. And spirit, soul. What else is there? Spirit, soul, and body. I mean, you know, what else you want them to do? Amen? Praise God. All right. So we're uh, jumping into Luke chapter 17 tonight. So you can open your Bibles up to that. And uh, I was just, boy, I was thinking about uh, this. And when the first little subject is about offenses, you know, and, and how the enemy tries to come to, to steal. And he comes to try to destroy. And he comes to try to derail us. And he comes to try to uh, get us off the mark. You know, uh, it's an interesting thing if you, you know, there's a road that's straight and uh, if you get just a little bit off, you know, one degree off on the road, you know, you go a little ways and it's not too bad, Rich. You, you, you're right there. You're close. You're close. You're close. You go a thousand miles away, you're a thousand miles off the road. You're in, you're in the ditch. You're, you might be in the ocean somewhere or something. I don't know, depending on where you live. But praise God. He's, uh, he's with us tonight. It's uh, always a pleasure to come in to wor have great worship before you preach because it sure uh, makes it awesome. Thanks, uh, Noah. I appreciate the sensitivity to the Spirit tonight, and uh, it's just good to come into His presence. Can you feel His presence here tonight? And uh, in power and authority. Where His presence is, it's always sweet. It's just sweet coming in, There's and there's a peace that passes all understanding. Boy, you know, you just can't buy peace. Anybody notice that? You'd like to go in the store and go, you know what? I want about two ton of that. Give me a couple tons, you know, a couple of dump truck loads of peace because we need it. We need, we need the peace of God because otherwise, you know, there's stress and, there's, and, and we, get, we get caught up in the cares of the world and it starts choking out the word. And I know it probably doesn't ever happen to you guys, but um, I mean, but, you know, it's a, it's a battle. We're in a battle. And we all know it. And we're in a battle in this country for uh, Christianity. We're in a battle in the world just because the uh, prince of the power of the air is around. And he, he's still, you know, he's still, uh, he's not incarcerated yet, right? He's still loosed out into the atmosphere. And uh, he has demons and, you know, we have an enemy. But our God is greater, Right? We have the greater one inside of us. But he says here in, in verse 1, Then he said unto the disciples, Jesus, It is impossible that no offenses should come. Boy, that's not a big hallelujah message right there, is it? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of worded a little weird there. In other words, guaranteed offenses are coming your way. They're going to come. What are you going to do with it? You know, and, and uh, that, that word is uh, 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 scandalon. 
scandalon or scandalous, you know, scandal. I mean, that's kind of the root of that. And, it's, and if you look it up, it's like a trap. It's, it's like a, a uh, they, they mention it even like a stick trap. You have a big, heavy stone, and you, you know that stick falls out and crushes the person underneath it. It's a trap. It's somewhere where you, you can't get out, and, and you're trapped. It's, this offense is like a, a trap, and, and, uh, and they, they just come. They, they come upon us. But, uh, and I was thinking about this. It says, woe unto him through whom they come. Boy, you know, we know, they're, we know they're coming our way, but it's even worse if you're the messenger. If you're the one that the devil uses, the enemy uses, or the flesh, whatever you want to say, brings the message of the offense. And uh, we've been there, probably. I, I'm sure everybody's been there a time or two. And it's not a good feeling to know that you, you cause somebody to sin. You cause somebody to quit coming to church, you cause somebody to, you know, walk away from the Lord. I mean, I, I don't want to take it too far out there and be real negative about it, but it's, Jesus says, woe unto the person that the offense comes. And uh, it, in other words, it's serious business. It's serious enough that it says it would be better for that person <clears throat> if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, um, that's pretty bad. It's, it's bad enough to get just dumped. Okay, let's just say, you know, uh, it, if it woe into that person, if we dump him in the middle of the ocean, you know, maybe you could swim all the way. You know, maybe you could catch a ride on a freighter, the next freighter by, you could back, you know. But no, it's just quick and right to the bottom. I mean, a millstone is a great big giant stone, typically that were, you know, they're a great big around and they would mill the wheat and they had big, um, big like two by fours or big posts that would go, you know, it'd be like four of a minute and, and, a, and a horse or uh, an oxen or something would run that millstone around and grind the, the wheat. So this thing is big. It's a giant boulder that you get tied around your neck and there's no coming back. I don't care if you are, you know, the top gold medal. Who, who is all the guy that won all the gold medals in swimming, Bill? You, the Spitz, or there's another guy, newer, more current guy even. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, him. He's not coming up either. It doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are. You, you got that millstone, you're going down. In other words, but, but what, we're, what he's saying here, it's serious. It's serious business. It's serious business. And, um, and... I was, I was just thinking of, of the seriousness of sin. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to get carried away with it, but we don't hear a lot of message on sin. And it's, it says the wages of sin is what? It, it's, it's death. And praise God, we know God's paid for our sins and he's shed his blood and he's washed us clean as born-again Christians and, 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 and that's awesome. But I, I think so often that we're, we're so blessed and we know we're going to heaven, we know where our home is, we know that we are uh, born again and spirit-filled and, I mean, things are good, you know, we're walking in, walking in the light and we're, we're washed, we're asking for, we're repenting and all that, but I think we forget a little bit of how serious sin is. One sin 
set mankind away from God. It, it, it has separated God from mankind. One sin. And, and we sing that song, you know, uh, how much uh, does it cost? You know, what, I forget, how's that, how's that go? Somebody help me out there. Uh, you'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. What was the cost? I mean, we know the cost. That's why it, and so, this, so that's the seriousness of an offense or, or, or being a messenger or being someone that offends someone. We got to get it right. If we, I mean, we all mess up. We're, we, we, if, you, if you have a right hand, put it up. If you don't have a right hand, put your left hand up. <laughs> I mean, we're guilty of it sometime. We're going we're gonna to either be offended or be the offender. Somewhere along the line. Because he says right here, it's impossible that no offenses should come. So you're going to be on one side or the other. We just got to know how to handle it. We got to be quick to repent. And then we got we to gotta get it right with the person that the offense is. Matthew 18 has a very clear rules of how you go to the person, you, you get it, you know. Well, let's, let's just read it. Let's, let's go over to that real quick. Uh, because I know you all know it, but sometimes... Sometimes we try to sidestep it. Uh, we kind of sort of just try to, well, maybe if I just talk to this person, or yeah, I've done it myself. I've been guilty of it. Uh, and just it's just easier. It's Matthew 18. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's not where I'm going. Where am I going here? Um, well, it is Matthew 18. Let me turn over there. <clears throat> Uh, 15 if a uh, verse 15 moreover if your brother sins against you go to him everybody say go to him okay you go to who him or slash her you go to the person right that's really number one and it's it's just imperative you go to that person <clears throat> and that you have fault with between you and him alone so you don't bring your your crew, your backup. You know what he did. Come on, we got to go talk to him because I need you know I want to make sure he knows that I'm right and he's wrong. <laughs> and he says, "You go to him. You go to him alone. If he hears you, you've gained a brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So if you first go to that person, you go to him alone." You just work it out. 99 times out of 100, that works. I'm not kidding. It just, it, usually you can get it, especially if you're both Christians. I mean, it, we don't have the same uh, expectation as for a non-Christian person, but we're still supposed to go to him and, and clear the air and get it right. But if he's a Christian brother, you, it almost always takes care of the problem. But if not... <clears throat> And he won't hear, take with you one or two more. And uh, verse 17, and if he refuses to hear them, tell the church. If he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. And it, I mean, it's pretty cut and dried. And, 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 and like I say, just so often, it just gets worked out when you try to clear the air. So I just, just reminding you how to, how to deal with, with these off offenses that you have with somebody. 
And uh, a lot of times we, we just don't follow exactly to the letter of the law how it's supposed to be, and it usually ends up uh, not working out so good. Kind of hear a big amen there, because that's what happens. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So, but the sin, the sin thing, it's serious business with God, and, and praise God, he's, he's just so merciful to us. Every single day, you know, His mercies are brand new to us. And there's a whole boatload of them for us. Every single day. I mean, we can use them up, and, and then tomorrow is a whole fresh new batch for us. Thanks, Lord, for that. I mean, Mike and I were talking before the service. That was, that's, that's the pattern. That's God. That's how He wants us to forgive. Just every day, is, His mercies are brand new to us. And, and it's just like, you know what? Today's a new day. Let's just, here's just mercy and grace, all you need for every situation. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. <clears throat> and I was thinking about that, and usually when these situations come up and you talk with somebody and you have to have that uncomfortable conversation of, you know, um, conflict, I'm a real anti, I like, I'm a zero conflict guy. I love zero conflict. <laughs> and so when I got to talk to an employee or I got to talk to a brother or something, man, it's just like, oh, sheesh, I don't like to do that. But, um, but when we forgive that person and, and you get it all squared away and everything, it, it, I mean, you, you just feel, it's just everything just feels, the weight is just off of you. I mean, it's a burden. It's kind of a weigh, weighs you down. And, and, and I was thinking of reading this and then, but he does it again? In the same... Today's Wednesday, right, Bill? He did it again this morning? He just did it at 9, now he did it at 10. Same exact thing. Then he comes back to you at 11. I mean, he, he, he repents. I'm sorry. Oh, I did it again. He does it again. And he does it again and again and again. And I think God is telling us, yeah, yeah. You've got to forgive him because I forgive you. How many times a day do I have to forgive you, my, my, my son? Man, he's just the pattern that it's just there every day, all day long. I'm just repenting all day long. I mean, honestly, I, a lot of days, you just feel like that's all you do. You're that seven, and then in, I think it said Matthew, 70 times seven. 490 times it's a day we're supposed to forgive our brother or... You know, and I'm thinking, it's been a busy day. It's been, yeah, things are clicking off every five minutes. We've got a new situation, you know. But how is it with God? Man, He is just so merciful and graceful. So merciful and graceful to us. Because we don't, we don't deserve it. But He's just there with grace and mercy 
and just a total spirit of forgiveness. And, and uh, even Mike was mentioning that even uh, as, as Christ was on the cross, and he, you know, he's in agony. His hands are pierced through. His feet are pierced through. He can't hardly breathe. His back is ripped open. He's laying on a, on a f- f- eight by eight hewn, roughly hewn wooden cross. And he, and he cries out and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man, oh man, what a model. Can't, we can forgive a guy for, you know, telling us we had a bad haircut. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> that is horrible. You know, I mean, we could get offended. We can get offended over some pretty small stuff. I can. I have. I admit it. I don't like it a bit, but it happens. But praise God. Man, his mercy and his grace. If we could just get his model, the other stuff is just like so inconsequential so many, uh, uh, much of the time. I know it's just, it's like, you know, is it really going to matter in a week? That thing I'm upset about? Oftentimes, no. Oftentimes, no. Some, sometimes it's big enough, of course, it, it bug in a week. A week later, sometimes you're going, yeah, that was pretty bad, you know. So anyway, uh, God is graceful and merciful and forgiving God. And, he, and we're his children, right? We want to imitate our dad. Man, you know, when, you know it's just so cute when, get, when, you, when your sons or daughters, they just imitate what you do. It's really cute until you do something you don't want to imitate it. Anybody, <laughs> you ever been there, you know, I mean, they're just so cute, and you're, you're doing something, you're like, oh, really, that's, there used to be a commercial where a kid was smoking, you know, he was, his dad was smoking, and, and he did everything his dad did, it was so cute, and then the, his dad's smoking, and the little kid grabs a cigarette, and he's going, yeah, that's not so good, and so, anyway, I don't know where, where I'm going with that, but don't sm- quit smoking, I don't know what, <laughs> what the message is tonight. Uh, and so, verse 5, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, help us with this forgiveness message of forgiving all day long to this guy. Help us increase our faith. And uh, he goes on to say, so the Lord said, uh, if you have faith as a mustard seed, and, and so I was, I was reading up on that, I don't know where I read it, but um, in a, a gram of mustard seeds, there's 700 seeds. Now, I don't want anybody to raise their hand to know how big a gram is, because we might know your past history. Bill, put your hand down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's pretty small. But the seed is, is tiny. The seed is a tiny little thing. It's small. I, I, in the message, it says a, a poppy seed. You know, if you're, you have the faith the size of a poppy seed. And the commentators in that, in that book made a really good point. I hadn't, I don't think I'd thought about it before. <clears throat> that it's, it's not the size of the seed. Because that's, in, I mean, that's almost a speck. I mean, it's just like a speck or a little thing of pepper. Or, I mean, it's tiny. 
but it's the God that we're praying to that is all, our God is greater. I mean, we got a great God that's creator of heaven, creator of earth. All, he's saying you just need just a little tiny bit, Bill, because you're just tapping into the one with all the power, all the authority, all the grace and mercy, all that. King of kings, Lord of lords, master of the universe, master of every universe, master of the universes, our God. And so we come to him with just this speck of faith. He's saying, it's enough. That's enough. I mean, all you got to do is just tap in and use what you've got. And so you've got, and, and if you have that faith, as a, as a size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. And you're like, wow. Okay. And uh, the uh, Mark, Mark 11, I kind of like too. Let's look at that real quick. Mark 11, 23 and 4. <clears throat> over there and so God was telling them for surely in Mark eleven twenty three, for surely I say unto you, whoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed, or be removed, and be thou cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he shall have what he says. And therefore I say unto you, what things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. You're saying unto the mountain, you're saying unto this mulberry tree, you're saying unto those things, you know, be plucked out, be cast into the sea, or this mountain, be raised up and just thrown into the ocean with, a, with enough faith that's just the size of a mustard seed that we could do that. And I'm, I'm kind of literal. I take the Bible, try to just take the Bible literally. People go, you really believe that? I say, yeah, I just believe what it says. I try not to think, overthink too much of it. But, but so I take it literally, and I'm thinking that well, Job's Peak's right there. That's a mountain, right? And I'm thinking, we're probably going to the Pacific because that's a little closer. And I'm thinking, you know, or, or maybe, maybe, Eddie, that's a stretch. Maybe it's a hill that's, that's right by the Sea of Galilee. I mean, that would be a little easier. I mean, just a small hill, a mound even. And you're thinking, you know what? It's still, in our own strength, we still can't do it. <laughs> it isn't happening. It's not happening. But, but with Him, see, with God, all things are possible. With Him, all things are possible. And I was thinking about the concept of this and the, the literally, you know, the literal mountain into the sea. And I'm thinking... Well, that, I've never really seen that. I've, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen a tree rooted up and put in the ocean. I've never seen a tree, you know, a pine tree rooted up and thrown into Topaz Lake or, you know, trying to bring it down to what I can think of. And I was thinking, then I was thinking today that 
and just mulling this message over and thinking about this mountain, in the, this seed of faith, faith being put out and being speaking to the problem. And I've seen all kinds of miracles, just like you guys have too. We haven't seen mountain into the sea, but I've seen cancer gone. I've seen it. I've seen people healed of that. I've seen somebody in a church service in the very front of the Assembly of God Church on Tillman. I saw her leg grow out right in front of my eyes. That's a mountain, Bill, for that girl that had scoliosis that couldn't walk right. It's the mountain into the ocean, but it's just, it's just in a different form. But it's still as, isn't that as powerful? I mean, it's beneficial. It's, and I was, I was thinking of just this week, my, my brother, uh, Bruce, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> ah. Spirit of Eddie has come upon me. <laughs> brother, I love you, man. I just, tender-hearted guy. And, but, so my brother tells me a couple weeks ago, Okay, don't, I'm, I'm going to share it now because I'm just doing it. Because <laughs> when, it, when it came up, though, he, he's a veteran, and he's at the VA, and he says, yeah, um, I, I, I think I've got uh, bladder cancer. They tell me I've got an infection. They, and not only that, they missed it six months ago. The signs were there, but they missed it, so I've got to go in for some tests. And he goes, he asked Anna, could you pray for me? First time ever my brothers asked me that. I have a saved brother, a saved sister, and one more brother coming on in. Right? He's been the holdout. He's been the holdout. And he's coming on in. But so, of course, for two, and he says, then he tells, Anna goes, I'm telling Rob. He goes, don't, I don't want anybody else to know. I don't want my, my older brother. I don't want them, a bunch of people knowing about what's going on. Okay, so it was the hardest thing. I really wanted to call my brother and just have more people praying, but I didn't. I honored his words, and I said, that's it. You know, two's enough. If any two or three of you agree as touching anything on earth shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven, right? Two's enough. I would have liked 30. I'd have felt a little better with 30, but two's enough. And praise God, went through the thing, goes for his tests, and they're going, you're fine. I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, they thought, they took two, two tests, they thought he had it. Nothing. And so, I'm just praising God, and I am believing God that he is coming into the family here soon. Because that's been a real, I mean, a real softening of his heart, and I think he knows, and he thanked us for praying. And uh, that's a mountain into the ocean, right? Praise God. That's Joe's peak. That's Joe's peak all the way to the Atlantic, as far as I'm concerned. Mediterranean, I don't care what sea it's in. It's in, <laughs> it's in there. And, I, and that's, it's just, but it's, it's we, we've seen miracles, right? Our salvation is, a, is an amazing miracle in itself. We discount that sometimes. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. Well, hallelujah. 
you know what? You were going to hell. Now you're going to heaven. That's a really a pretty good deal, right? Man, oh man. And so, anywho, uh, mountains into the sea, and and I, and and uh, this we're reading about. Um, first, God was telling us to forgive our brother seven times seven, and then He goes in and tells us about this seed of faith and, 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 and pulling the mulberry tree up and throwing it into the sea, right? And then this, this Mark 11 is telling us, you know, say, say into the mountain, be picked up, be thrown into the sea. And, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, you just reverse the order. And he's saying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Wow. You reap what you sow. It says seed, time, and harvest will never change. You will reap what you sow. Whatever seed goes into the ground, that's what's going to come up. You're planting corn, you're getting corn, Bill. LD, you're putting in watermelon seeds, you're not getting corn. Getting watermelon. I know, it's a little hard to raise around here. Need a greenhouse for watermelon around here. But, but we reap what we sow. What we put in, we get back. We give forgiveness, we get Forgiveness. Amen? All right. Back to Luke. Well, I thought I was going to have plenty of... I didn't think I was going to be able to cover... I thought I was going to have a half hour left. But looks like maybe not, Bill. <laughs> All right. And which of you, verse 7 having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, when you've done all these things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done what our duty, what was our duty to do. And so, what he's saying here really is this man has a servant or a, a slave, really. I mean, he's, he's a slave in the household. And when the slave comes in from work in the fields, does the master of the house say, well, you know what? Why don't you sit down? Let me get you something to eat. He says, no, fix me something to eat. Wait on me. Get me situated. And then eat. And, and I went, it's kind of, you know, God, we're, we're not God's slaves. This is a, a parable. But we are servants, Right? I mean, we are, we're marked. 
with the blood of Christ. And what I was thinking of when I was reading this was sometimes, um, you know, I've been in some ministry positions over the years for quite a few years and, you, you know, I've led worship, I've preached, I've done prayer, you know, meetings and all kinds of different stuff. And uh, as many of you have in, in just general Christianity, there's stuff you do. You, you help, you help with the men's breakfast, you serve, you, you cook maybe, or maybe you do the, you know, there's all, it's all serving. So it doesn't matter. It's all serving. We're servants. And there's all kinds of work to be done. And what God's saying is, you know what? You're not getting a giant pat on the back for that. <laughs> It's, as it says in Romans, it's your reasonable service, right? It's your reasonable service. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's what, it's the least, that it's who we are. It's, it's what we need to do. It's built into us. You know, who's the greatest? The servant of all. You know, the, the mom that had the two the two sons, and she said, boy, I want to make sure that my one son's on the left and my other's on the right. And Jesus said, well, you know, I can't guarantee that because I, that's up to the, the Father. But he says, if you want to be the greatest, be the servant of all. And so I think it's just an attitude thing of when we're serving, when we're serving, we're not we're not going to get, we, we don't really deserve a giant pat on the back of way to go. You know, you're, you're serving this, your master. <laughs> no, it's like your master could take you out any time. It's, it's an honor and pleasure to be able to serve and just go on the next day and be able to keep serving. Keep serving, keep serving, have the right mindset in serving. And, uh, you know, that's what I kind of took from, from that. All right. And uh, we're going to skip on down to verse 11. It said, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And of course, the Samaritans were, um, well, they were like half-brothers or half-sisters. They were kind of, they weren't in really the same family. And they also had... Uh, they didn't agree with the Jews of the place of worship. One had a, one mount and the other one had another, you know, it was Jerusalem and the temple. And so they not only were kind of like shirt tail, you know, relatives, which sometimes is good or bad, that's just how it was. And uh, the Samaritans were kind of looked down upon, honestly, by the Jews. They weren't considered, they were kind of like second class citizens. It wasn't right, but... And they also had different, you know, different views. So when they were going in Samaria, like when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, I mean, they were shocked that he would be even talking to her. The other, the other uh, uh, disciples were, were kind of surprised. Number one, he was talking to a woman. Number two, he was talking to a Samaritan woman. And so here he is back in, in this Samaria, and he's, and he's going along, and as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers, who stood far off. They stood far off because they were um, infectious. 
you know, I mean, they could, they could give you leprosy if you got too close to them. And the law was in those days in Leviticus, there's all kinds of stuff about leprosy and skin ailments and all, all these things they have to do and wash and, and, but they have to, you know, they would have to come up and what they would have to do if a person had leprosy is if they were far off, they'd have to go unclean, 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 and they'd have to they would have to call themselves unclean so that a person that were clean didn't accidentally come near them and get leprosy. How embarrassing, how, that would be horrible. Leprosy is such a horrible disease. I mean, I've not really seen too much about it, but it's kind of a flesh-eating type of, 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 of disease, and it, it can't be good. And so these, these lepers... They stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Man, they're, they're proclaiming Him Lord, and they're also knowing that He's a healing God. <laughs> he's a healing, you know, he'd heard stories of this person could heal. And so when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And there's a whole, uh, I think it's Leviticus 14, I read it a few times, they go show, if, you, if, you, if you're cleansed of leprosy, like if you are healed of it, and, and it goes away, then you go show yourself to the priest, and there's a lot of rituals and a lot of stuff they have to go through to come back into the fold. To, to, I mean, they had to shave all the hair off their body. They had to stay outside the camps for so many days. They had to wash and cleanse, and there's all these rituals. So that's why they said, go show yourself to the priest. That was what was in Leviticus of, of Old Testament uh, law. And so they, anyway, so, uh, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were all, all healed. Every single one of them. Ten for ten. Man, how often does God, you know, those scriptures that said, and God healed them all. And God healed them all. I mean, it's not always that way. I mean, it's not, that's not, there's no guarantee of anything, but it just, so often we see in the scriptures, and God healed them all. I love that. And so, verse 15, and then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. I mean, he was praising God, you know. Man, imagine the, you know, being set free of that. Break every chain, just like we were talking about. He had that chain broken of physical healing and leprosy in his life, and he, he, was, he was praising God and, and with a loud voice glorified. And he fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I think that's significant. I mean, I, I think there's significance there that, you know what? Even this, you guys look down, okay, all you Pharisees, Sadducees, all you people look down on these people, and look who comes back. Look who comes back thanking and praising and glorifying me. And I was, I was just wondering, and I was mulling it over, you know how you kind of mull these scriptures over, and sometimes it, something pops up. <laughs> and, uh, but I was just thinking of all the people that get healed, or just all the people that God does a blessing for, 
how many come back and really thank him? How many, like, let's just say, as my brother's example, he could just write that off in his head and go, well, I just didn't have it. They were wrong. You could justify it away. I've done it in my own head. And I'm a born-again, spirit-filled believer. And I know God's done some stuff. He's done all kinds of things for me. And I've justified things in my head. And instead of just thanking God that, you know, how do I know it wasn't a miracle? I don't know one way or the other which it was. So why would I lean? I don't know why I would do that. And so... I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to, I want to come back like this guy here and be the thankful one. Have the thankful heart. And, he, and uh, verse 17, and so Jesus answered and said, were not there ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where's these other nine guys that were healed on the way to the priest? Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And, you know, I think he's just really, I mean, I think it really blessed him. It was a lot like that centurion, like, you know, he was saying, I have not seen so much faith in all of Israel. This, this guy's a Roman. You know, and like, and this guy's a foreigner. He doesn't even know. And yet he's doing the right thing. You guys know. We guys, us guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> Y'all. How's that, Leo? That, uh, Usins, that's right. And he said unto them, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And, uh, you know, I heard preached on this. I'm going to just share with you real quick. We don't have but just a minute, minute or so left. And um, in the King James, and uh, it says, and... And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Made thee whole. And I've heard this preached, and I, I, I think it's correct. I think that the other nine got healed, and they, they were healed, and they didn't have leprosy anymore, but they weren't totally restored. I think this guy... He came back glorifying God. And this is just kind of my own opinion. I've heard it preached and it just hit home with me. But this guy that came back thankful, praising, worshiping God for his healing was made whole. His face that was disfigured was whole or his hands or whatever. So you can just chew on that. That's just something. Uh, but I think it sounds right to me. It sounds right to me. So, all right. Well, um, I think that is about it. We kind of ran pretty, pretty, much, uh, pretty much out of time. So God bless you guys. Uh, have a great evening and amen. So nice to see you guys.